Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. I shoved my hand in a pile of baby vomit yesterday. <sighs> Quite the opener. <laughs> I didn't know it. Baby was. Yeah, I didn't think you were just like, hey, this is what I should wash. This might make good the hand lotion. Yeah, I, the baby was asleep in the pack and play in the bedroom. I was not in the bedroom, but the baby was crying. So I was like, I'm going to go get that baby. And it was dark in there. You know, you can make out the baby shape. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll pick up my baby. What's the matter? And I, as I put my hand down underneath her head, it was just very cold and wet. Ugh. Where I, and, and gooey. It was gooey. And Ew. she had a big bottle before she laid down, and she popped that right back up, apparently. <laughs> I. It was, the, it was easily five times as much barf as she's ever made before. Now, have you laughed at perhaps siblings who have barfy babies no i don't mock i mean i don't mock barfy babies have you been amused by barfy babies yeah i love it i love a baby i love a smiling baby that when they're like ah it just bleh, the waterfall of barf comes out i find that consistently hilarious you see i also did and then we had a barfy baby <laughs> and so i think that was karma she's not a barfy baby in general she's very she's really calm really good but yeah i just really Plop my hand straight down in her giant barf pile last night. <laughs> I had to do a whole outfit change. It was uh, it was wasn't good. <laughs> Welcome to parenthood. <laughs> Just mystery substances always on your hands. Yeah, it's not that bad. Everything you own is sticky now. It, everything everything has a slight stain on it. Yeah. There's nothing that doesn't have a slight stain on it. Yeah, I remember like a lot of like just eventually accepting that like all my clothes had barf stains. Yeah. Eh, you get through it. It's fine. I mean, who sees me? You. That's mm-hmm. it. I go home. Yeah. Uh, so, aside from barf, which I guess that's on trend right now. <laughs> Baby barf is on trend. We're talking about Shopify's trends report for 2022. The future of commerce, they called it. And these trends report pop, these trends reports for various places pop up every year. Uh, some pique my interest, some don't. This one is uh, this one is exhaustive. It's big. <laughs> it's it's real big. It's a big boy. It is impressive. It's it's broken into logistics, retail, and e-commerce. And so we're 
we're just going to scratch the surface on the highlights from just the e-commerce report. But what was your impression? What did you think? I feel like a lot of the stuff we've been hinting towards was vindicated, which I liked. Yeah, I like uh, anything that agrees with me. Yeah, it told me it told me I was right, oh. <laughs> which is my favorite thing in the world. Uh, now, uh, a lot of it was like it, it's very wide ranging. So, like, if you really want to sit down and eat a little info meal, it's really something you could sit down with because it's going into uh, social shopping, shoppable videos on TikTok, um, how to like dealing with physical retail spaces, all that sort of stuff. You could hit everything. We're only going to kind of be hitting your on-site Shopify store type stuff in this podcast. But th there's that's a whole, usually what we talk because about. Because that's what we talk about. That's what we know. That's what our focus is. But there is a if you're someone who has more than that going on, uh, there is a wealth of information for you in this report, which I assume Kurt will share the secret link for in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you search Shopify Future of Commerce, you'll find this immediately. But I will also... I will link to the, the broader report and directly to the uh, the e-commerce section in the show notes. Yeah. So you um, can have that. So, yeah, basically the one-sentence summary is due to uh, the vast amount of competition in the direct-to-consumer space and the downfall of cooking and tracking people via Facebook, it, you know, so modern, the, the rise of privacy, the rise of controls. privacy, the downfall of, of online tracking means that the most important way to survive is going to be building up your brand and brand loyalty to maximize customer lifetime value. So you don't have to fight over these crumbs of new customers you'll be able to access. So as I'm, I need to get less reliant on on pay per click ads, and move toward what content and community. Content and community, yes, and loyalty, and the I don't mean I don't know. This kind of comes later on when they're talking about it, but something I thought was interesting was have a flagship product that you push everywhere. That flagship flagship product is on marketplaces. Put it on Amazon. Put it in stores if you can. Get it in front of as many faces as possible, and use the flagship product pretty much as your new customer marketing. And then people buy that out in the world, and that gives you the entry point to pull them into your brand circle of uh reoccurring customers like and then you have more products that you are personally selling yourself on your own personal website via your own personal channels and you then then you can truly maximize the value so i have i have a hero product i have a number one bestseller that i know that's the entry point for most new customers yeah and this is where it really helps to like understand segmenting um, and have a, a really clear idea of like new versus returning customers and how they shop so if I've got one product that I know does really well with my first-time customers, I want to put that on as many marketplaces as possible intentionally so that I could acquire new customers and then ideally funnel them directly into my website for repeat purchases. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea, and I love that it is codified as a recommendation officially by Shopify in this trends report. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, so I took a bunch of notes that we can talk about. Uh, just to start with, this is random. This is a random stat. The average cost of a shipping container is now four times higher than it was a year ago. I mean, so we knew we knew all that. We knew it, but it hurts to see. There's an actual codified thing I learned. You all know what's going on with third-party cookies. Uh, everyone complains about iOS 15. Is 15 the bad iOS that we don't like now? We're on iOS 15. It was iOS 14.5. 14.5. Last summer where this started. Yeah, wrecked everyone's tracking and claimed that it caused... Did we did we ever prove it really caused plummeting value of Shopify, of Facebook ads and stuff, or no? For sure, our PPC ads became less effective, but in practice, we suspected it's... They're better than they can report is what's going on but there's they they can't be what they were because it's missing a ton of data that it was using that that algorithm was using to target the ads before mm-hmm. but it's like you, you someone purchases and now i can no longer attribute that to my ads so even if the ad was successful as part of that sales funnel i can't attribute it so it looks worse than it was but it's also it's also it's bad Okay, so, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like, the, you know, the magic days of targeted ads. We're not in the glory days anymore, but marketers have been surviving this way for decades. I mean, you're buying ads on I Love Lucy for Lucky Strike cigarettes. They don't know how many people saw and then purchased Lucky Strike cigarettes because they saw the ad on I Love Lucy. Unless I mean, they did post-purchase exit surveys. I don't think they did post-purchase exit surveys in 1953. But Just the guy at the grocery store is yeah. like, hey, where'd you hear about those lucky strikes? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what television advertising is. Just, I mean, Procter & Gamble built a multiple billions on not knowing exactly being able to track the entire purchase process. So, I mean, it's definitely survivable. So here's the, the pull quote that you grabbed from this said it's third-party cookies phase out and advertising conversion rates continue to plummet. That's strong language. 80% of marketers will likely abandon personalization efforts by 2025. And so by personalization efforts in this context, I read that as uh, remarketing, which remarketing in the past that felt like shooting fish in a barrel as far as ads go, at least relative to like top of funnel. Mm -hmm. And so my middle of funnel ads are really what took the hit here. And... This is flat out saying, like, hey, four out of five people, eh, they're going to give up on this. Or marketers, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, th- that seems a little dire. And I don't like anything that's, like, prog- you know, prognosticating about, like, how the, it's good, things are going to look in three years. Yeah, you don't that's know. so far out. Especially, like, in an in industry that moves so quickly. Yeah, I mean, what do you think people were saying about 2020 in 2017? <laughs> I don't think anyone had global <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme, or store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do instead? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nick's and Movement Watches, it's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention the unofficial Shopify podcast to get your first month absolutely free. 
Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. So we're getting into methods, the future methods that you should be using then. Uh, 52% of global shoppers are more likely to purchase from a company with shared values. Given this, brands should focus on customer retention and lifetime value, especially as advertising costs and uncertainty continue to climb. Prepare to invest more in your customer experience and build a community that keeps customers coming back. I love this advice because think about this. If I have to sit down and figure out pay-per-click ads, I think that's a a much bigger ask chore thing and like series of skills than it is to communicate my belief, my beliefs and my story to try and get a community going. Yeah. I think their advice for here's the better option will be both beneficial and easier to execute. Yeah. I I think um, it's a thing where, you know, when you're buying those ads, your thought process is how do I make someone who doesn't know my business be interested in my business? You know, you know, you're, you're trying to put your mindset into someone else's. You're trying to figure you're trying to think about what another person is thinking for this. You just got to tell people why you love your business. You already know why you love your business. Just tell people about it. Tell people why. Like in doing so you'll attract like-minded individuals. Yeah. And they're more likely to trust you because you essentially for them, it's like someone held up the mirror and they went, Oh, I empathize with that. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of brands right now, like sustainability is a, would be a common one, like communicating that sustainability is important to you and making that part of your story or just having, you know, your, your own journey in there. And if people can relate to it, it works well. Um, and we could debate this. I kind of found, I didn't put all these stats down. I probably should have, if we we're going to talk about it, but, um, you know, like the stat in here, 52% of global shoppers are more likely to purchase from a company with shared values. Well, that means that 48% aren't. Yeah, so flip like, a coin. It's 50-50, flip a coin. And there, there was a lot of that type of stuff where they were like, well, you know, 45% of people care about the sustainability of the company. It's like, oh, well, 55% of people don't. So it's sort of like, so who cares? Like, you know, 95% of people are not buying from you anyway. So this thing where we're trying to like, we're going to, get this slice of the salami and then we're going to slice it this way. And it's just like, how about you just try to appeal to as broad a base as possible and get the 5%. Because the, the difficulty here now is with, without those ads, I need to be able to drive word of mouth and create community and create content. And the answer to that is to, to try and go uh, niche with it. And by, so having, Taking that shared value approach helps you create community. All right, if I can get community, now I have a a really uh, powerful audience that's going to help market my brand. So I like those ideas. And certainly it's like, you know, if PPC ads aren't working for you, what am I supposed to do? All right, well, they're saying here's some suggestions. Yeah. Plus it's trends. Like if they presented it as like, well, last year it was 30% of people cared. Now it's. 52%. Oh, all right. It's moving up, but you're right. I mean, it's, you know, anytime in a, um, statistics that it's 50, 50. It's like, yeah, whatever. 
random number, uh, the cost per click for paid search ads increased by 15% between the second and third quarters of 2021. But now that I read that, between the second and the third quarter, so third quarter is August, is July, August, and September. Are we getting Black Friday ramp up by that point in ad purchasing? I don't. Personal experience, I don't think so. Okay. Because I was going to say, wait a minute. Could that just be, does it that just happen annually maybe? Like back to school pushes yeah, it up? back to school pushes it up. Because it's like who's, no one's buying any, May, June, July. The summer's slower. The sun, but unless you're like, selling bathing yeah, Mother's suits. Day and Mother's Day and Father's Day in there. But, I mean, it's not like there's like a buying season in there. You're saying that that could be systemic. But we know ad costs have gone no, up but ad costs have gone up, yeah. And they're saying it went up 15% just through part of the year. Uh, but, yeah, they elaborated on that in here. They said competition's the biggest obstacle to achieving growth. Privacy laws that limit marketers' ability to target ads. And consumers who are better at blocking ad interruptions, it's becoming tougher to get a decent return on advertising spend. And then they're saying, hey, it, it's up 15% just between mm-hmm. these two quarters. And that's what, like, second and third quarters, you really would not expect that increase. Well, I thought it, I was trying to figure out why maybe it would systemically increase. Anytime I hear a stat, this is just me in general, you might have, this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, but I try to call bullshit on anything I hear and figure <laughs> out why it might not be true. So anytime I hear a stat like that, I'm kind of like, okay, is there a systemic reason why that might be occurring just in general and not the reason that the person citing me the stat is stating why? That's why you're such a valuable <laughs> co-host. Cause I'm just like, I just take it at face value. Yeah. Like sign me up. I'm all in. It's like, how come people dying of heart attacks shoveling snow was 10 times as high in January as it was in July. Did Think about you that. know that drowning deaths and ice cream sales are correlated? <laughs> ice cream will drown you. <laughs> it's true. 41% of brands plan to increase investment in paid and organic search. They have to. Well, because the prices are going up. (laughs) So they have to increase the investment amount. Yeah, saying we're going to spend more on paid and organic search. That's Okay, we're going to spend more on Google ads. A lot of people are spending more on cars right now. It's not because they love cars more. (laughs) It's because they got to spend more money to have a car. Well, this is saying 41%, yeah, plan to increase investment and organic search. Well, organic search, that's content that's seo okay but i really read that as we're going to create more on-site content more youtube content since that gets in there will show up at the top of the results too uh harvard business review said this is interesting they said the accuracy of digital profiles that data brokers sell is uh dismal the age tier was correct less than one in four times and gender was identified correctly in well below half. So if you're like, hey, we're going to make an end run here and buy the data from data brokers, which I remember seeing like privacy people hand wringing about data brokers. It's just that the data the data broker sells garbage. I mean, I, I really like they didn't get the gender right. They got the gender right less than half the time. This is another it's flip like, a coin a scenario. Coin <laughs> like just get, just pick one and it would have been better. You know, a lot, sometimes those work um, just by looking at the first name and they're like, hey, this is probably, yeah, they'll like, they'll make a guess as to gender based on the name. 
But even then, like getting it right less than half the time, that's rough. It's brutal. Uh, so, and then there was a good quote from Morgan Brown, who's the VP of growth marketing at Shopify. The brands that speak to everyone speak to no one. Whether brand di- differentiation means what the brand stands for, what the way the product is made, or the way they engage their audience, consumers are looking for differentiated experiences and brands they can connect to. So, I mean, this is sort of, this is the overarching theme of pretty much the first quarter of the document and our show and this show and everything. And my belief system. Yeah, of everything is be different. Be aggressively you. Oh, I love that advice. That's, yeah. Uh, Be aggressively yourself. And not everyone's going to like that. Fine. That's the idea. 95% of people aren't going to buy from you anyway. The biggest TV shows on television are not watched by, you know, 80, 90% of people. So just be aggressively you. And then the people that get picked up in that um, are, are, the true fans. are the true fans and the people you want to be with and who want to be with you. Also, excellent dating advice. Yeah, no, that <laughs> Morgan Brown's advice, your advice, uh, and the theme in this report, really good advice for life, it seems. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it might not be oh, everything's eco, we're donating money to Taiwanese dogs, like mm-hmm. none of that stuff. That's not, that the doesn't. Get, the buy ugly dogs plastic surgery foundation. Yeah, exactly. Like That's that, who we donate 10% of our profits to. That that doesn't necessarily have to be it. It just, you just have to find a way that you're different or a way that you speak to specific people. So it could be, intense quality it could be your manufacturing process and all the people who are really into weird intense niggling little product details like that could be your niche audience your niche audience of kurtz that yeah, i was are gonna say you're speaking my language <laughs> i was like tell me more about the tolerances on this <laughs> Ooh. yeah well as you were scrolling through your photo album of different 3d prints you did yesterday and why the specific prints had specific problems and how you were going to solve for them yes <laughs> yes i love it it's like i built a tugboat this is a special tugboat that all the sp- that all the 3d printers use to determine who's the best well yeah so i ca- i like i like uh, i like gadgets and the novelty in precision engineering, I like sustainability. And in part, sustainability is like, and to me, is an engineering problem to solve. I like, I like making my own challenges. I like problems to solve. I like these stories. And I want to know, you know, when someone has made a product, especially an entrepreneur, I want to know the thinking that went into it. I love those product videos where someone walks through their product and explains to you why they set it up the way they did. And I think that's, you can run with that idea and you need to develop that that connection. And that's how you get that community that is so, it's easy for us to go, oh yeah, community, you got to build community. You're miss, this brand's missing community. This is a thing I have said a lot in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, buddy. It's not just like, oh yeah, I'll just oh, go buy a community. Is. No, it's, it's very easy for us to sit up in our concrete tower on the fifth floor in Skokie and say, well, just do this. You know, if I was the coach of an NFL team, I would just have one minute scoring drives the entire game. I don't understand why they only do it in the last three minutes of the playoff game. Uh, Kurt has no idea what I'm talking about, but, you know. I'm smiling politely. Chiefs, Bills. I understand the Uh, the sentiment. (laughs) So, 
but you just got to pick something. You got to pick a lane and you got to go hard in that lane. You got to go hard in the paint on whatever the thing is that you are going to use to forge your identity. I think it's got to be authentic though. Well, I, it's I gotta, know. Like you got to believe you can't in just it. like make it up out of nowhere. But I'm you, sure like a handful of sociopaths can. Good I'm for sure, them. But yeah. for most people, it's going to be a lot easier to pick the thing that you are genuinely excited about. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like what excites you? Don't hide your light under a bushel and tell everyone else about what excites you and why. I love I love entrepreneurship and I love business and I like I've always loved the web and e-commerce. Hence the show. That's what made it work. Because when I started it, I sure as hell didn't know what I was doing. What a wiener. With podcast. Oh, I know. I love business. I do. It's such a dork. <laughs> um, but it, it, that's what made it work. It's that genuine enthusiasm about it. Yeah. Not because I was like some extraordinary interview. I figured it out 400 episodes later. But, you know, when we started, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that authenticity is key. All right. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? Well, you could make a deal with the devil. Can you believe it? All I had to do was give him my soul. <laughs> or you could just use Zipify One Click Upsell, created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store entrusted by over 8,200 Shopify merchants. One Click Upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. Plus, it's got mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And... To give an unadvertised bonus, email help at zipify.com and ask for the tech nasty bonus. Tech nasty. What else we got here? Uh, so they recommend aiming for a 60-40 split between brand building actions and short-term performance marketing uh, so you can achieve the ROI you need in the long term. Because, I mean, yeah, you can't, you, you need money coming in, so you probably can't completely abandon paid search ads or, you know, something to just get butts in the door. I like... You got to get the butt in the door in order for them to see why you're so cool. You can't just be cool on an island with no one looking at you. I like that they were able to quantify this because I've, I've had this question before and I really know what the answer is, right? Where they say, hey, how much time and money, so you say resources, could be your time or it could be, you know, you're hiring people to do it. Um, plus you've got budget in there. It's like, how much should I be putting toward my, uh, that, that content creation, those community efforts, that audience building stuff. And how much should I be putting into PPC ads? And they're flat out spelling it out for us as 60, 40, 60%, the make money tomorrow strategy stuff, which is that audience and brand building. And then 40% that make money today strategy with PPC. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder how they came about that, but I, I'll accept it since I really did not have an answer myself. So get this. There's a uh, interesting nugget of internal Shopify data that leaks out in here. They said since the start of the pandemic in March 2020 until September 2021, email marketing integrations were among the most popular apps globally, according to internal Shopify data. Email and text continue to be two of the most powerful and cost-effective ways 
to nurture customer relationships. It's their own channels. You don't, you're not having to pay to play, at least not in the same way, um, not in this like bidding strategy that PPC ads have where the, the price to show someone an ad changes on an hourly basis versus the cost of my Clavio subscription is not changing particularly often, mm-hmm. right? And so I own that relationship. It is much more personal. It is one-to-one. It is in their inbox or in their, on their phone, in their messages. And so we knew this, but seeing it spelled out here where they're saying that this is like the biggest category of installs is fabulous. And so I think that's, you know, and that was when iOS 14.5 happened. Yeah, that, that was our initial advice was, hey, keep focusing on what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. And your email marketing, I mean, for most brands, email marketing really is a, a tremendously powerful and profitable channel to drive revenue. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of talk today about like, oh, creating experiences and what can we do to like get people more invested and, you know, all this other stuff that all starts with email. Like emails, the ground floor, it's the base of the pyramid. I mean, you could just, you millions of dollars and millions of businesses have run on just email alone. Like you don't need to do any of any of that crazy cool stuff. As long as your email just kicks ass. Like yes. you could build a great, sustainable, huge business on just email. Uh, and even if you're not doing email and you start mediocre email, still way better than still nothing way better at all. Than no email. Cause it keeps you top of mind. Mm-hmm. You're in the, the right place at the right time. Ideally. Um, and I, on the flip side, there is this pressure to use all the tools available to you with marketing automation. And in email, you could get really crazy with it. And I've, I've heard people say like, well, you know, maybe, is that weird? Should I do that? Is it, is it creepy? And in here, there's a, a note about that. It said consumers are over three times more likely to abandon brands that, quote, over-personalize compared to brands that fail to personalize enough. So including too much personal data in customized communication can make consumers feel stalked by brands. Now, I don't know. I've had that happen. I hate that. I don't know where the line is. Uh, off the top of your head, do you, could you think of an example scenario? Well, I think let's just go with the most basic one. I think saying they send you an email and it has like your name in the email field. It okay. says, it's like you're, it's like, it's addressed to Kurt. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. Okay, good. Stuff where they're like, hey, I saw you were looking at this product and let me tell you more about why you should buy this product that I know that you were looking at. Ign- no, acknowledging. Don't like that. <laughs> I have found if you acknowledge the trigger to the email. I think. It, that you will, your unsubscribe rate will jump. Yeah. I think no one wants to see the man behind the curtain. Like if they happen to get more ads about washing machines or whatever, that's just a happy accident. Who knows? That's just the world we live in. But if they're just like, hey, Kurt, I know you like washing machines. Here's some (laughs) washing machines I'd like you to buy. I know all about your home in northern Illinois in Lake County. and It needs a new washing machine, doesn't it? Like, no, don't do that. (laughs) I mean, it's the same outcome. You're showing them washing machines. I know. But don't expose the man behind the curtain. Yeah, because the next step is like, look, you're going to buy an appliance or we'll kill your family. <laughs> like, that's what they're thinking. Uh, yeah, it is, you're right. It, it, there is a fine line 
where it goes from this is relevant to this is creepy. Yeah. And I think part of it is if it like it has this meta layer to it where you acknowledge that like you person did X action that triggered this marketing event. Ooh. Yeah. I just let it be a bit of a mystery, right? Yeah. And like, you know, send that abandoned uh product email. Maybe wait a little bit. Don't send it like five minutes later. Like, where'd you go? I thought we had something nice going on between us. On Black Friday, why crank you, that. Why crank did you it up suddenly, to 30 minutes. <laughs> why did you suddenly ghost me? That's abusive. You were love bombing me. Wow. <laughs> this abandoned cart flow got weird fast. <laughs> it's going to start gaslighting you. That's right. Uh, and the, the final call out that you had listed in here that I thought was was great. This is the exact quote. Video is now the default expression of the internet. I love that phrase. Video is the default expression of the internet. From web searches to live streams, video is becoming the primary way, the video is becoming the primary way the next generation of shoppers make buying decisions. 46% of consumers want to watch product videos before they buy. See, now I like that stat because if you think about the flip side of it, I don't think there's anyone's going, if I see a product video, I'm closing that tab right away. <laughs> I'm like, out. I'm out. It's 46% want a product video and 54% don't care. So the product video is not hurting you. No one's going, product video, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, this is like the, the CRO hack hidden in here is, hey, you should add product videos yeah. to your at least your hero product. Yeah. Which you are selling on a marketplace Which, to rope people in. Yes. Our, so yeah, there is a, a fair amount of strategy worked into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, use it here. Yeah. Uh, marketplace, this is the, the thing that cited that. Marketplaces are an effective channel for many DTC businesses to get new eyes on their products. Yet 44% of brands report the biggest challenges selling on marketplaces are competing on price and controlling the customer experience. Use a hero product to reach new customers, then incentivize shoppers to move to your site by creating store-only offers. That's smart. Yeah. So, you know, maybe your big main product is on a marketplace. You sell that on Amazon. But the accessories, the new version, the new version that's better, sell that only on your own website. Maybe you Maybe you dump off your old product on Amazon. I realize that's not a hero product, but... You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I want, and I've done this, um, or I've seen this. Like I bought an item, and it you, you buy an item, and it'll come with a pack-in. And the pack-in will be like, hey, you could register. Hey, like it gives me some reason and that, and that would be my to way, go visit their website. And that would be, I've seen that multiple times too. That would be the way I would handle it because when you're selling on Amazon, you don't get the email addresses. So you have no people to kind of guide their way to you. Does, doesn't Amazon disallow that? Yeah. Oh the yeah. There are, there are terms of service restrictions on, and as there should be on the pack-ins, because otherwise it's stuff like, hey, write us a review, and then we'll send you a free gift. Yeah. that's And they're like, hey, no, uh-uh. But, uh, but that is a question I would like an answer to, because I hope you know it. Uh, if I'm selling my hero product on Amazon, and I want to get people to my actual Shopify store, how do I do that? I think the safe... I, 
So I don't know. I'm not an Amazon expert. Straight up. Don't know. <laughs> Double check all of anything. Uh, but I, I think the safe way to do it would be like, oh, register your product with us on our site for, you know, some level of support. I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Or like some you know, mild accessory or reward or like, hey, you can download the PDF. I don't know. But you give them a reason to go to your website and identify themselves as that buyer. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe your your product comes in a box. Then, in yeah, in that box, you could just have a thing that's like, here's our website. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe we're... We're overthinking We're it. overthinking it. I think one of the the nice parts about the Shopify Trends Report is it is supported by a lot of examples and commentary from actual merchants, yeah, from real deal store owners, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like it's well, it's survey data. Just trust us, it's survey data, or uh, you know, this industry analyst said so. Yeah, or like, oh well, we talked to this weird boutique marketing agency that's like in Miami and you've never heard of and only works with high-end SoundCloud rappers on about Thursdays what, on Thursdays about what the future of commerce is it's like they're not they're not dealing with actual people like <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about yeah they're living in their own special niche reality yeah was there any larger macro trends in this report it seemed like there was a I mean, lot of focus. I, I told you about them. <laughs> that was the whole point of this show, dude. If you're not been paying attention. <laughs> I've been paying very careful attention. I hang on your every word, Paul Rita. <laughs> it seems like the they're saying, hey, look, look, ads, PPC ads are more expensive than ever and not sustainable as a, a model. Just because you supply and demand of advertisers versus consumer eyeballs. And so the suggestion that it keeps getting more expensive and that's creating that is a, that's creating competition. And so the solution is similar to what we've seen in TV where like streaming services just created increasingly niche and weird shows. The same thing works for brands where and then you could you could find your tribe and create that loyal audience. Now in the past that was advice for like this is the stepping stone for e-commerce entrepreneurship. Now it's becoming this is the mainstream way to do it. Yeah, I think I think the cable TV metaphor is a good one. It's just like, you know, Turner Classic Movies, they know who they're pitching towards. And, like, we're just going to pitch to those people. You know, a ton of stations are like that. Yeah, I think the one-sentence takeaway from all of this is in order to succeed in the future, you need to really personalize your brand around what it means and what it stands for and find a like-minded group of people that you forge like a brand friendship with. But don't do it too hard because they'll run away. Well, yeah, don't do it. Yeah, you don't. You want to be speaking one to many. As soon as it gets to like two one-on-one. You can't use the robots to make it one-on-one because they know the robots there and they don't like it. Yeah, I don't blame them. I just, you know, I don't want... I want Alexa listening in on me any more than she does. <laughs> She's listening to us right now. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out the Shopify Future of Commerce Trends Report, and I highly recommend you do, grab the link in the show notes or Google Shopify Future of Commerce. You will find it immediately. We're done. And like, yeah, let's let's wrap it up there. I got uh, 
I got 3D prints I have to go fiddle with. That's right. Starting a business online has never been easier, but growing an e-commerce business is another story. With Privy, it's never been easier to grow your email and SMS lists, automate your email marketing, send on-brand newsletters and texts, and even send abandoned cart text messages, all in one app. Which means no more toggling back and forth, no more managing contacts across apps, just a powerful connection between Privy's email conversion and SMS tools that lets you manage the entire customer experience all in one place. Plus, you can try Privy out for free today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify and you can sign up for your free 15-day trial. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening.